Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, The Case of the Blonde Bomber, and I'm your host, Rick Stone. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the Foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. If you're hearing this preview of No Home for Heroes on YouTube, we invite you to listen to the complete podcast on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And now, on with our show. Today's episode is a very unusual case. As we mentioned, the title of today's case is The Blonde Bomber. In this case, all of us will learn a very valuable lesson about the importance of family history and making sure that our legacies, whatever they may be, are passed down to future generations. We're going to learn how a B-24 bomber, believed to have been shot down over Germany in 1944, really wasn't and how eight missing crewmen of the bomber really weren't missing at all. In the end, we are able to help a family find out the real story that their own family history had wrong for almost 75 years. And what a story it is. We hope you will enjoy it. In March 2017, the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation was contacted by the family of Corporal Ellison Barton Harding, United States Army Air Corps. Corporal Harding was born in Tennessee on 4 November 1915 and completed two years of college at the University of Michigan in 1938 and 1939. At the time of the 1940 census, Ellison was living with his parents, Esther and Hallie Harding, a brother and a sister, in Detroit, Michigan. Ellison's father was employed as an electrical inspector, and Ellison himself was employed as a telephone service salesman. Ellison enlisted in the United States Army Air Corps on 26 May 1942. Immediately upon enlisting, he was assigned the rank of private. Private Harding completed aerial gunnery school and was shipped overseas to Italy in August 1944 with the rank of corporal. In Italy, he joined the 15th Air Force and was stationed at Pantanella, Italy as a member of the 464th Heavy Bombardment Group which was part of the 777th Bombardment Squadron. Most of his official military records were apparently destroyed during the massive fire at the National Personnel Records Center in St. Louis, Missouri on 12 July 1973. And, according to his family who contacted us in 2017, the family knowledge about Ellison was sparse. Questions for the family abounded about where and how he had died in World War II. Where was he buried? Was there a crash site? And were any crew members buried at a crash site? And, as usual, the government agency, the Defense POW-MIA Accounting Command, was not very helpful to the family. To answer these questions for the family, the Foundation fired up our time machine and traveled back to 0635 hours on the morning of 13 October 1944. (laughs) Okay, we don't really have a time machine, but we sure wished we did. But if we had that technology, we'd have seen 49 B-24 bombers lined up on the Pantanella runways 
at the Army Air Force Base in Pantanella, Italy. They were part of a scheduled mission to bomb the Blechhammer South Oil Refinery in Germany. The Air Force considered Blechhammer one of the four principal synthetic oil plants in Germany. Ultimately, the United States Air Force dropped 7,082 tons of bombs, tons of bombs, on Blechhammer before the war's end. Well, four of the 49 airplanes on the Pantanella runway on that morning failed to take off due to mechanical problems. One of the big B-24G Liberator bombers that did take off was nicknamed the Blonde Bomber, and it was built by North American Aircraft in Dallas, Texas in 1942. The known crew members on the Blonde Bomber were the pilot, 2nd Lieutenant John Kaufman Suber, the co-pilot, 2nd Lieutenant Walter C. Chonicki, a navigator, 2nd Lieutenant Joseph A. Finley, and the bombardier, 2nd Lieutenant Thomas C. Sampson. The radio operator was Corporal John W. Smallbones, and a gunner, Corporal Keith A. Cook, another gunner, Corporal James E. Bonds, Jr., and finally, another gunner named Corporal Ellison Barton Harding. After takeoff, the 45 bombers formed up in two groups under the commands of Major William Reddle and Major John Nance. Over the next three and a half hours, six of these aircraft returned to base after also experiencing mechanical problems. The remaining bombers were escorted to the target area by between 45 and 50 P-38 Lightning fighter aircraft. At 11.20 hours shortly before noon, the 38 bombers arrived over the target, and 34 aircraft dropped 87.5 tons of 500-pound bombs on the oil refinery. Four bombers experienced mechanical difficulties over the target and were not able to drop their bombs, but were able to jettison eight tons of bombs on the return flight to the base. One aircraft, which was late in leaving Pantanella due to engine trouble, dropped two and a half tons of its bombs on an alternate target. Visibility over Blackhammer was approximately 20 miles, and the bombs were released from a 22,900-foot altitude. Target visibility was obscured by an effective smoke screen generated from positions all around the oil refinery. The bomb group experienced anti-aircraft fire, or as they called it, flak, for approximately five to six minutes, which resulted in damage to 14 aircraft who were able to return to the base. From these aircraft, two crew members suffered minor flak wounds. On the way home, the bombers were escorted from the target area by about 25 to 30 P-51 Mustang fighter aircraft. 33 bombers who participated in the mission returned to base. Six aircraft were not able to return to the base at Pantanella. The narrative mission report, completed immediately after the mission, listed one aircraft lost over the target due to flak. Two aircraft forced to land at alternative friendly airfields, and three aircraft missing. One of the aircraft originally reported missing was the Blonde Bomber, containing Corporal Harding and seven of his fellow air crew members. Crew members of the returning bombers reported to Major Francis Elder, the squadron's intelligence officer, that the Blonde Bomber was last seen shortly before the bomb run 
at approximately 15 minutes before the target. When the blonde bomber was last seen, it was noted that its number one engine was not functioning and apparently been feathered or turned off. Later in the day, Major Elder received information that the blonde bomber had attempted an emergency landing on the island of Viz and had crashed, killing all members of its crew. Viz was an island, as I mentioned, and it contained an emergency airfield. It was located in Croatia, which was then known as Yugoslavia. The airfield was built in May 1944 and put into service that same month. That airfield became an Allied military airfield and was used by the Yugoslav Party Partisan Air Force from May 1944 onwards. For the morale of the B-24 crews, like the Bond bomber, knowing that a landing strip and medical attention was there on an unsinkable island in the Adriatic Sea was extremely important. For this purpose, the airfield had a group of about 10 Americans, headed by an Air Force captain, along with a Royal Air Force personnel, who were to look after the crews and repair their aircraft. Air crews in distress that might not be able to cross the Adriatic were to divert to Viz Island. War-damaged aircraft were hard to control, however, so many of the disabled aircraft crashed on landing on the Viz airfield, and they had to be cut up with axes to clear the runway. The operation at Viz saved hundreds of aircraft, in the lives of several thousand men during the course of the war. For example, on one very hectic day in 1944, 37 B-24 Liberators crashed at the little airfield, sometimes at the same time coming in from opposite directions. Occasionally, air crews would have to bail out because of the many wrecks on the runway blocking their emergency landing. One of the pilots who used the emergency landing facility at Viz was George McGovern, you might remember that name. George McGovern was a B-24 pilot who later earned fame as a United States Senator and as a Democratic presidential nominee. On 20 December 1944, against the Skoda works at Pilsen, McGovern's plane had one engine shot out and another in flames after being hit by flak. Unable to reach his base in Italy, McGovern was able to land his plane on Viz. Although its short runway had killed many of the bomber crews who tried to make emergency landings there, McGovern successfully landing, saving his crew and earning himself the Distinguished Flying Cross. The disposition of the six aircraft learned lost on 13 October 1944 mission to Blackhammer is full of history's mysteries. A B-24 nicknamed Be Coming Back was lost to flak over the target with six to ten parachutes seen to open. A B-24 nicknamed No Excuse was last seen at the rally point leaving the target at 11.22 hours, dropping out of the formation and losing altitude. The B-24 nicknamed The Fertile Turtle was last seen wobbling over the target at 11.21 hours with obvious control problems. B-24 nicknamed Lady Esther was reported to have landed successfully at Viz Island. B-24, nicknamed Big Fat Mama, was reported to have landed at Issel Airfield near Jesse, Italy. The Big Fat Mama was repaired and rejoined the war, only to be lost in a mid-air collision with another B-24 over Round Nice, Czechoslovakia on 28 December 
1944. And finally, P-24, number 42-78416, nicknamed the Blonde Bomber, crashed while attempting to land at the airfield on Viz Island. The crew of the Blonde Bomber consisted of eight total crew members, as listed earlier. None survived the crash. By 5 November 1944, the listed next to kin of all eight crew members of the Blonde Bomber had received telegram notifications of the death of their family member. All eight were officially listed as killed in action, and none were reported as missing in action. Incredibly, somehow, this information did not get passed down to Corporal Harding's family members. The investigation by Foundation researchers indicated that each crew member of the Blonde Bomber was recovered, identified, and accounted for, and eight individual burials were recorded. It was standard practice during World War II for casualties to be interred locally near the scene of their death. Our research indicated that the crew members of the Blonde Bomber were originally buried on Viz Island and were returned to their original base at Pantanella, Italy for burial there. At the end of the war, the Army's Grave Registration Service, or AGRIS, disinterred the bodies from the local burials all over the world and temporarily concentrated them in overseas American military cemeteries. In the case of the casualties from the Blonde Bomber, it's likely they were exhumed from their local burial location and taken by AGRIS personnel to the American cemetery in Natuno, Italy. This cemetery still exists today and was subsequently renamed the Sicily-Rome American Cemetery. During the period 1946 through 1945, the Department of Defense contacted the next of kin of all known casualties who were buried in American military cemeteries overseas and gave the families the option of having their family member brought home for burial in the United States or left in the American military cemeteries overseas. By 1949, most of the family requests had been granted. Our research indicated that the next of kin of at least six members of the Blonde Bomber crew chose to have their family member return to the United States for permanent interment, including the family of Corporal Ellison Barton Hardy. Confirmation was made by the examination of the actual grave markers for most of the crew members. None of the grave markers indicated that the burial was a, quote, group grave, end quote, or a memorial or symbolic grave. All eight crew members of the Blonde Bomber are officially listed by the Department of Defense as resolved, meaning that their bodies were recovered and identified. Foundation investigators were able to identify all eight of the Blonde Bomber crew's burial sites. The pilot of the Blonde Bomber, Lieutenant Suber, is buried in Oddfellows Long Cemetery and Mausoleum in Sacramento, California. Lieutenant Chonaki from Erie County, New York, is buried there. Lieutenant Findlay was originally buried in the American Cemetery in Nutuno, Italy, and as we mentioned, it's now known as the Sicily-Rome American Cemetery. The initial listing for Lieutenant Findlay in the government's roster of the dead for World War II notes that his family requested that his remains stay in the American Military Cemetery in Nutuno. However, 
Lieutenant Finley is not currently on the list of known burials in that cemetery. It's likely that at some point, Lieutenant Finley's family changed their minds and he was subsequently disinterred and returned to the United States. Lieutenant Sampson is buried in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Corporal Smallbones is buried also in the Sicily Rome American Cemetery. Corporal Cook is buried in the Baltimore National Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. Corporal Bonds is buried in Forest Hill Cemetery in Birmingham, Alabama. And finally, as requested by the family, we found Corporal Harding. He was buried in Forest Lawn Cemetery in Detroit, Michigan. Foundation investigators contacted the office staff of the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Detroit and confirmed that Corporal Harding was buried there on 9 July 1949. He's buried in Section 43, Lot 201, of the left half, Grave Number 6. The cemetery staff further noted that his interment was an actual burial and not a memorial grave, as their facility there contains no memorial graves. Approximately three weeks after Car Corporal Harding's burial in Detroit, his father, Mr. Halley Harding, contacted the Department of Defense and requested a U.S. government memorial headstone for his son. He requested that it be furnished and installed at Forest Lawn Cemetery. Mr. Harding's request for a flat granite marker was approved, and the marker was ordered on 2 September 1949. Completion of the marker and the engravement was done in the West Chelmsford, Massachusetts, and shipped to Forest Lawn Cemetery in Detroit, Michigan, where it was installed over Corporal Harding's grave. That marker, ordered in 1949, remains there to this day. While we don't always get to tell family members of MIA's good news, it was certainly a special event for us to inform the family of Corporal Harding that he was not killed over Germany, that he was not missing, and that he was not buried overseas or in some mass grave of his crew members. In fact, Corporal Harding was buried only a few blocks from some of his current family members in Detroit, who now know where to visit his grave and pay their respects. The Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation is proud to have given this family the information and the closure it deserves. After our report, we hope Corporal Harding's family members went to the cemetery where we found Ellison and honored his memory. Maybe they even passed on a whisper to Ellison that all of us who worked on his case here in Texas remembered him. We have a belief here at the Foundation that every time a lost hero's name is spoken, they live again. If that's the case, Corporal Ellison Barton Harding, a lot of people who are hearing this podcast today speak your name again and remember you. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production and we invite you to check out our other episodes. You can now subscribe to Listen Free on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to tune in every Saturday when we will post a new episode of History's Military Mysteries Missing in Action. Episodes of No Home for Heroes 
are produced from the actual investigative files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation, dedicated to providing information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American service women. As always, we greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. Our next episode is titled, The Lost Phantoms of Tarawa. Learn how over 20 casualties from the Battle of Tarawa were listed as wounded in action and transported off the invasion beaches for treatment on a nearby ship, only to vanish and be listed as missing in action. You sure don't want to miss this one, because there's even more to the mystery. Some of these MIA phantoms were actually listed on military hospital records long after the battle, but they never made it home, and they are still listed as missing in action. Incredible, but true, and find out how it all happened next week. Until our next episode, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas, I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that Poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that, having heroes, forgets them.